Welcome into the Mike and Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. I'm Mike here with Micah and LQ. How are you guys doing this week? Doing good, Business bro. is booming. <laughs> it's been it's been a pretty slow week in the sports world. We didn't have anything since the NBA All Star uh, weekend was last weekend, so they didn't start games back until Thursday. So all we had was in the NCAA Duke versus UNC. Some might say the greatest rivalry in college sports. But 30 seconds in, unfortunately, Zion Williamson was out for the game and out for it looks like the next week or so after his shoe busted open and he injured his knee. It sparked a big conversation between a lot of NBA sports media on what exactly should happen to college players, whether the one-and-done rule is right and a larger conversation on what college, if college players should get paid or not. So I want to go to you guys first. And, uh, the question is, should college basketball, well, technically it's the NBA, should the NBA be allowed to have players stay for one and done? Um, I just feel as if it doesn't really – I don't think that's really the NBA's decision to make. I kind of believe that's based on the family situation and how things are going in that aspect. I definitely um, – let me think. If you're going to make that decision, the one-and-done decision, um, it should be about maximizing your best opportunity. So, and let's take Zion's case since he's been the topic of the focus recently because of the injury and stuff like that. Um, no, I definitely think if he didn't have to go to Duke, he wouldn't have gone to Duke. Now, it's always a great honor, really, to play with the best coach in college basketball history, Coach K. But Zion's the kind of guy where if he had got signed – or if he had, uh, excuse me, declared for the NBA draft, he would have been the first pick overall. I feel like regardless of, you know, who was doing well in college last year. Um, you know, I think it's all about maximizing opportunity. Um, there's a lot of guys who, if you know, they made the one-and-done decision, they probably would have went too early. Or, excuse me, not the one-and-done one decision, but, you know, going straight to the league decision. They might have done that too early, and then they hurt themselves in the, you know, Kwame Brown kind of case. So everything is all about maximizing opportunity. Um I never think the NBA should allow it, though. They should allow uh, players to come straight from the uh, high school game. I don't know. For me, I don't think that NBA, uh, players should go straight to the NBA. I think it's a problem where we've seen a lot of players think that they're ready for that NBA-level talent and fizzle out. We've seen Kwame Brown, who was the number one pick. Uh, unfortunately, Michael, we, we've seen that with the Wizards. He did not. He was not able to make it and become that star number one player um, yeah. that – people had projected him to be. So I think that getting that one year of college is essential. I think that it's, it's very essential for you to go ahead and just get your developmental process, get a gauge of where you are, and then decide if you're ready for the NBA. We've seen examples like Miles Bridges uh, from Michigan State, who we all thought was going to be one and done, but decided to return for another year at Michigan State because he said, I'm not ready for the league. I'm not ready to go ahead and produce in the NBA on that, on that level. And we've seen that he's better for that reason. I think that He's producing now with the Charlotte uh, Hornets, and I don't think he would have been doing the same thing if he had left from his freshman year. The second yeah. question that the second question that I have for that d- pertaining to that has to deal with um, has to deal with whether you believe is there an alternative? Is there like a G League like we see soccer teams uh, like in Europe and stuff? They have like their academies where they bring kids in from a super young age. So do you think that can be implemented in the NBA, or is there any other type of uh, where you think that they should go besides college? Um, I definitely think 
what the NBA should do, and you know, going forward, it should really be their policy. They should open up the language within the rule book saying, um, you have to be this age to declare for the draft. You have to play this amount of time, either uh, professionally or well, this amount of time outside of high school, I should say. Um, I definitely think if they open up the language, that the G League is a perfect option for harboring these young guys who don't really feel college is the best way, but they want to still be able to play professionally. Um, and instead of going overseas, which is a real culture change and a real culture shock. You may get lost in the sauce overseas, uh, say the least. Um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that if the G League allows, you know, harbors these young high school players and get them, you know, a decent salary, let them really see and learn the game up close, um, you know, I think it'll be a minute for, for everybody, all parties. I think college players that want to go to college or still want to go to college, I think it's really, you know, I think it's a little magnifying glass kind of thing. We're looking – at the big picture kind of thing, you know, there's a five, maybe six freshmen every year. We're like, well, these guys probably could play in the pros right now. But the majority of these guys who do get drafted need the college or uh, at least a little bit of experience. So I definitely think the G League is a great option for that. Um, I agree for the most part. I just feel like uh, LeVar Ball's JBA system is definitely an amazing system and a good way to, I guess, an alternative to – stop the one-and-done issue as well as kind of wasting your time in college. There's players that have come out, like Ben Simmons, they even say they haven't been to a single class in college. (laughs) (laughs) So if there is a way that we could, you know, just stop wasting that time, money, and all those extra resources, and they can just come out of the high school gates and just ball, that's, that's the perfect way to do it. I know the NBA isn't that thing. So whatever that thing is, it has to be – somebody has to do it. So, like I said, the JBA is a great start. I know that's not it, and that's not going to be the final, current, whatever system it is, but something has to be done. So, LQ, as let, let's uh, look a couple years down the line. Let's say, like, you guys have both a D1 son, and the G League rules have now been implemented where you can now go after, straight out of high school to either the G League or college basketball. Would you advise your kids to go that G League route, or do you think that the college basketball route will still be better? Personally, I feel as if it's solely the decision for the player to make. No matter who's around or who's advising him, I feel like there's no one that's going to know the answer to that question but you. So if you feel as if the G League is the answer or if college basketball is the answer, whatever door that you choose – is the door that works for you. And you just got to support that and work around it that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I get that. But, like, you, let's say that, okay, I want you to, to get your, like, your pros and cons of each. What would you think is, would be the better route for somebody to go? Um, if I, I can take it. Yeah, if ahead. I can take it real quick. Uh, I think more on the pro side, if you're looking for the, you know, the, I don't know, I don't want to say the watered-down experience, but the, the typical experience if you're a mid-level player, you're wearing a, a top 15, top 20 ESPN ranked player, I think the college route is the route for you, and it should be the only route for you. Um, clearly, your game is not NBA talent worthy. You know, Like I said, there's only two or three high school guys that could possibly be in consideration for playing in the pros right now. Now, the flip side real quick. If you're one of those elite guys, you're a Gatorade player, national player of the year, maybe you know once or twice, we, like we saw in LeBron's case, I think he may have got it like twice or something like that. I think you should be all stopped. Like, you should be clamoring for that NBA spot. Honestly, uh, the G League would be the perfect route. So, everything is all about, like I said before, maximizing opportunity. 
So how do you guys feel about the uh, NFL's rule on how they allow players to enter their league from college or high school? I think three years is the absolute minimum because there's no way just the high school seniors body is ready to even mess with the NFL. So I think three years minimum, I think that's perfect. And I think that's why we don't see any, uh, any real like qualms about it just because there's no way that a high school senior is going to be able to go up against a 10 year vet in the NFL and expect to survive. We've also seen players kind of sit out. uh, Who was the D tackle from Houston at Oliver? Oh, yeah, played, uh, who, who, who played two years, but then this last year, he kind of sit out. He had some weird injuries here and there. So there are ways you can work around it, not playing in the bowl games. I think NFL is perfectly fine. But NBA, I think that there are a lot of players. Like, Zion can play in the NBA right now, we, we, and Absolutely. nobody can argue about that. So Absolutely. I think that, that's where it's a little bit different there. Yeah, I have to agree with that, Mike, 100%. Uh, you know, playing high school football, your body is not ready for the NFL at 18. You have to go through three, at least three years or three seasons of a real college workout system, a real football workout system to really build muscle mass, um, build your speed. You have to become a real NFL prospect. There's no way that high school guys coming right out the bat are ready for that. So I think the NFL plan is perfect. Basketball is a little different. Um, I, you know, it, it's the, the plan in place is okay, but I definitely think there should be more opportunities for guys to really maximize what they have. So that's going to lead to my next question on uh, which has been all over the sports media world this week is should college athletes be paid? Do you believe that college athletes, because they are bringing in so much money for the university that they should be paid? Absolutely. If not payment, let's say you, you don't know how to base a salary. Let's say the salary stuff is maybe a little too uneven. Maybe a Duke star gets paid 15 an hour while, uh, uh, you know, uh, Notre Dame men's basketball player gets paid seven an hour because of teams and stuff like that. Sure, they're both eight in the ACC, but whatever. It's Duke and Notre Dame men's basketball. Now, I think you should be open to – well, it should be allowed for you to use your likeness to make any type of money you want. You should be able to use yourself to profit off of – you should be able to use your likeness to profit. Um, we saw a lot of guys um, – Terrell Pryor comes to mind. A lot of Ohio State guys under Jim Trestle, they got in trouble with uh, jerseys, jersey sales, memorabilia, and stuff like that. This is also past their bowl games that were going into the NFL draft process. Now, if I'm a pro player or about to be a pro player and some guy is asking 50000 for an autograph and own uh, some jersey, what is the problem with that? Honestly, what is the problem with that? I'm not taking the money away from buying it. I'm not taking money out of my school's pocket just from that signing. I think it's a little, you know, the system, of course, is dated, and I definitely think that there's a lot of loopholes that work in favor of the big brother, the system, and stuff like that. Um, I think the first step before even payment is just allowing that likeness to be used. Um, yeah, I definitely think that was the first step. Yeah, I agree. As far as uh, payment, I think that they do deserve it, but I don't really foresee there being any equality or any system to really balance that. So I don't really think that'll be it. But as Micah said, they're just getting your own likeness. That, that should be enough. Because uh, you had players like Johnny Manziel that said he didn't even have enough to eat some nights. And if he can just get one autograph off, he'd be set for the month. So it's just situations like that that could just help the whole experience. And that may want players to stay extra years and not be one and done. Because if you have that kind of money, you can support your family in college. 
you'll be fine. You don't need to rush to the league and to the next level to try to get those checks, you know? Yeah. yeah. Definitely, just adding on, uh, one more point, you know, the stipends and everything. People always make a point about, oh, they have stipends. They do technically get paid. Yeah, those stipends are not enough to support your family. Who's probably, you can barely use that to yeah. eat for the month. I yeah, mean, honestly, if you live in a real life, that stipend money is going to get used because it's real life expensive. Um. You know, it's a really slippery slope of things, you know, payment, who gets paid, how do they get paid. But I definitely think there has to be some form of college athletes to make their own money. I I agree with you there, Micah. I want to start by saying I do not believe that college athletes should be paid. Because when people are starting this discussion, we uh, forget about the baseball team. We forget about the softball team. We forget about the swimming and the volleyball team. All the, sport, all the sports that don't bring in money for the universities, I don't believe that those – uh, players should be getting play, paid because for the most part, a lot of them will not be going to the next level. I don't think there's a lot of next levels for them to go to really. So their $40,000 they're getting a year from the university. I think that's enough payment uh, for them. I do believe where I agree with you guys, using your likeness. That is the number one thing. Any player should be able to use their likeness to make as much money as they want. If Zion wants to start uh, sign a $24 million deal with Nike, let him go do it because why exactly are we holding him back? Who who is to decide whether a player can go ahead and say and tell them no? You can't use uh, your God given abilities of being a, the best dunker in college basketball. You can't use that to market yourself. Nope. But you have to go ahead and wear these Nike shoes because Duke is sponsored by Nike. And look at the situation we got in with Zion. So I think the paying the college players, I don't think they should be paid because it's hard to figure out a balanced way. You run into Title IX issues with uh, sports that believe that they should get paid and they don't because I believe for UConn, UConn's women's team should be the most uh, – they should make the most money uh, there at UConn. Absolutely, yeah. Their football team and their basketball team, nobody knows about them, but the women's team is by far the best. So to try to gauge all of that and get people salary and even players on your own team, Zion shouldn't be making the same as Alex O'Connell on the team. So I think that <laughs> – let's, <take away, laughs> let's take away all of that. And just go ahead and have a situation where if you can get endorsements, you get endorsements. And if you want to play one year in college, you can go ahead and pl uh, play that one year in college. Or you can go the G League route, get your endorsements there. And if you think that's better for you, that's, that's, all, well, that's all well and good. But let's not, I don't think we should be constraining like college basketball players. That's, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, I definitely think the common denominator is, is that the NCAA is – well, first of all, obviously the capitalist uh, group, but I mean they're so money hungry, and they really just suppress the athletes for so long, such a long time that fundamentally something has to change within this system. We make college basketball makes so much money, just college basketball alone. I even get into the college football side, which dominates Saturdays, Fridays, and Saturdays for half the year, basically, or a quarter of the year, I should say. You know, March Madness tournaments and stuff like this. You know, these guys don't see anything. Um, we just now seeing perks, real perks in bowl games, which is basically just a PS4 and Madden. So what are we really getting out of this experience outside of going to college for, albeit free, you're going to college for free, you're getting education for free, but a lot of these guys, you know, outside of that, they're not able to work real jobs because the football is their job or the sport is their job. So they're not making money. What are they doing? This is free labor. This is a lot of things that get into – the wrong side of what we stand for, um, you know, working wise and what we promote growing up. 
Yeah, I don't that's know a, that's... if you guys seen it, but there was a post that said the UNC Duke game courtside tickets were going for I think maybe like five or six grand, opposed to the Cavs Warriors tickets that was selling for like two or three grand for the final. Yeah, and that's crazy. Yeah, the lowest ticket at the Duke UNC game was three thousand dollars, and nobody playing in that game on that court made a set, and it, it, that just doesn't seem right. And you bring up a great point there, Michael, with they can't go ahead and get jobs on top of what they're already doing. Football takes up their, their life. They have nothing else besides football and school. Every other regular student academically can go ahead. If they have a full scholarship going to the school, they can go ahead and use their likeness to go ahead and get a job and make money and be able to work their way through school. But football players don't have that opportunity. And we're, now we're not allowing – football and basketball players don't have that opportunity. And now we're not allowing them to go ahead and try to make money – it just doesn't make any sense at all. But we can move on from that conversation to personally for Duke and Zion. Do you guys believe that Zion should play for the rest of the season or should he, should he just shut it down since he's already the number one pick? If you heard anything that Zion has ever said about the game of he's basketball, back, he's going to play no matter what. Even if he had to play out there with the biggest knee brace in human history, he's going to play. He's going to play. There's no doubt. Um, yeah. If I play? if I played for Drexel University and there's no way that we're making a dance, there's absolutely <laughs> no chance that I'd be playing. Yeah, if this but happens, he's playing for a championship contender. So if this I feel happens, like he yeah. has to come back. If this happens for like John Morant right now, let's say he gets hurt, I'm shutting it down for the season. As much as I love playing for Murray State, I'm shutting it down for the season because I know <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a top five protected fit. Like I'm getting picked before this draft ends, before the first ten picks in the lottery. I'm getting picked in the lottery. I don't want anything else to happen. I'm probably not going to be in the tournament. If I do get to the tournament, I'm going to be like a 14th or 12th seed. You one know, and done. Yeah. yeah I'm, one and done. I'm out. We're not going to be a Cinderella, not just because of the talent we have is even as good as I am. Like, Yeah, I, I totally agree there. Zion, uh, he, he doesn't do interviews unless it's without RJ and Cam. They all – Trey Jones, RJ Barrett, and Cam Reddish all recruited him, put him in a group chat together. It's the brotherhood, said, man. Look, look, yeah, this is the brotherhood. We're going to win together. We're going to do this together. I don't think he's going to be on his teams. And for everybody that's trying to make a decision for him on sports media, telling them that, Zion, you should sit down. No, shut up. Like, you, you're, not, you're not in his pockets. You're not in his life. You don't know what he wants. Shut up. We don't, we don't need your, your, you telling Zion what to do because you didn't know about him a couple of years ago. He'll talk to his parents, he'll talk to his family, he'll talk to his friends, and he'll make that uh, he'll make that decision. But quickly, before we end this podcast, this quick pod, I want to touch on the Los Angeles Lakers, who right now currently losing to the Memphis Grizzlies, which is it's very sad to see. And we talked about it last week and two weeks ago, whether the Lakers will make the playoffs. I've kept my stance that the Lakers will be in the big dance when it comes, uh, when it comes down to it. But I'm starting to get shaky <laughs> now. I believe... Both you, uh, LQ and Micah, you guys believe that LeBron will always make it to the playoffs. Is that still your stance right now? It's very, very, very hard to bet against LeBron James. But at this point, I feel like we're not betting against LeBron James. We'll be betting against Luke Walton and those young guys. We don't really know what they're made of and how their moxie and their cut out to be in these situations. We do know LeBron and what he's going to do. They have to kind of match that level of intensity, and I'm not comfortable, and I haven't seen them do that. So it's kind of a toss-up for me. It's a 
I want to say it's a 51-49 kind of thing, and I'm leaning with them <laughs> squeaking in. Um, maybe it, it's not eight. Maybe it's six or seven. Uh, I would prefer if it isn't eight. I think I like a matchup with them. They need that seven. Yeah, I think they I like a matchup with them against the Nuggets absolutely more than the Warriors first round. So, yeah, um, we'll see. You know, like LQ said, if you're betting against Ron, usually you're crazy. Um, but we've seen with the Lakers, especially maybe the last three years, have they really gotten better? Like, outside of adding LeBron James, you take a look with LeBron from this team, there's a bunch of young guys. And, yeah, sure, you can always project highly of these young guys. You know, what they're going to be in five years. But we're talking about right now. LeBron is a very right now kind of guy. Um, I do think they get into the playoffs. If they get into the AC, we know what's going to happen to them. Four and out, Warriors. Um, seven seed, like you said, it's a little bit different. If they get the Nuggets, they might win that series and get into the second round. I'm telling you now, if 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 the Lakers and the Nuggets are playing each other, the I got LeBron. Round, yeah, I'm taking the Lakers. I'm, I'm right, taking so the Lakers. In that situation, the way it'll be, it'll probably be the Nuggets. Then after that, maybe either the Thunder or the Rockets. And I'm kind of confident they can make that interesting, but I, don't, I can't see them beating either one of those. So even if they do make it, it's a second round. How exit. how far? Yeah, it's it's a second round exit, and it's basically all for nothing. But I think if they, it's key for LeBron to get in because these young guys really need their playoff reps, and they really need to understand what happens when the stakes are high. They they, if LeBron leads them to a serious victory over the second seed, you know what that does for the morale of these young guys. They're like, all right, well, yeah, LeBron led us, but we just want a playoff series. As crazy underdogs, as good as the Nuggets were this year, and of course with Braun, are you really the underdog? That's question. You know, you know, it's hearsay. But I definitely think getting into the playoffs is great for these young guys, and it'll show honestly. Uh, LQ, your question was, do you think he beats OKC or the Rockets? If they beat the Nuggets. I don't know. It sounds crazy, but I think I'm going to bet on LeBron again. I, if I'm they can get past can. that first round. If they get past that first round, I think they can find themselves in the Western Conference Finals just because of the confidence everybody will be playing with. I do not really trust uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook yet, and I'm not the biggest fan of that James Harden-style winning in a seven-game series against LeBron. But first of all, they have to get to the playoffs, and as we've seen right now, it's not something that is looking very, very easy to do. But other than that, in NBA news, there's nothing – uh, really going around, except for the LeBron James comments uh, yesterday about does his team really want it? Do you guys believe that all these comments and the the comments that LeBron has made throughout the season is negatively affecting the Los Angeles Lakers right now? Um, I definitely think they are. Um, I f- I want to say Bomani Jones said it earlier on ESPN that he's kind of barking up the wrong tree, kind of trying to yell at these young guys because they're young guys. I mean. Really, if you want to put any blame on him, and he kind of alluded to this, that it should be the vets. The vets aren't being the great vets they should be. Now, okay, are these vets really that good outside of Rajon Rondo? Once again, you can argue that, whatever. But I don't know if young as these young guys is really doing anything. Especially, you know, after the 80s stuff, it was kind of just like we kind of saw him really kind of throwing them under the bus because, you know, you see what's really happening here when Rich Paul gets involved with two of his clients and one of them really wants to go to L.A. and play with another guy and they're offering stuff like Lonzo, Kuzma, Hart, first-round picks and stuff like that. You kind of see the writing on the wall. So I definitely think that it hurt morale. Um, I think LeBron can mend any situation together and I fully expect him to be in the playoffs with high morale. 
I'm just confused and I don't really understand why LeBron went to Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> to me, it just appears that he ran away from the same issue that he had. Um, in Cleveland, he had a team full of young guys and role players, and he went to Los Angeles to play with the team full of young guys and role players again. So, In a harder Honestly, it's crazy because <laughs> they just made that trade with the Lakers to get a bunch of their old young guys. And now he's playing with the young guys that were left. So I think Jordan Clarkson is better than Josh Hart. I would give Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, yeah I would give him the edge over Josh. D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle. If they kept them in, th- this team would be a, in a different spot if D'Angelo Russell and Randle and Jordan Clarkson were still. With so the now it's a Lakers. question: Did Magic break the Lakers? Yes. Yep. I think Magic. I is think the that's alluding to what I said. What have the Lakers really done the last three years? They haven't done anything. They really traded a lot of their good assets and. It's really because I can agree to you on Bomani's point. It's like LeBron knew the situation that he was getting into in LA. He knew that he didn't have another star to play with and feed off his energy. He knew that these guys don't have any playoff experience and don't know what to do when the stage is set. Like, why go there? Exactly why? I mean, I mean, it's it's for the the expanding of, of his course. brand more than. Basketball. I mean, that's understood. It's, but you're you're a basketball player. It's the Space player, Jam. Now. I mean, he's but he's coming to the last couple of years. He wants to be in L.A. He wants to be able to – you saw two changes to A&R there. He's, Space Jam 2 has been announced. We've seen, like, he's executive producing the shop and all those projects that he has. You can't really do that in Cleveland. That album is real? Yeah. Oh, wow. The, the two chains. Uh... <laughs> I thought that was a joke. I've just seen it on Twitter time. I thought it was a joke. That's insane. Okay. Well, so <laughs> – I mean, Bron has hands at least on he'll go. Things. At least he'll go platinum. Word. If he can't get a, if he can't get a ring, at least he'll go platinum. Bron so. in LA <laughs> is great for the business of LeBron James off the court. The brand for the brand. Yes, for the brand uh, is beautiful. For on the court stuff, hey, it could be better. <laughs> the same God least. bless the Los Angeles Lakers. God bless. And yeah, it's it's going to be tough and interesting watching what plays out for the rest of the NBA season. But that's going to wrap up our podcast this week. We'll be back next week to talk some more NBA. Uh, NFL Draft Combine is coming up this weekend, so we'll talk about who, is, who stood out from the Draft Combine, whose stock rose, whose stock fell, and probably get into some more, uh, maybe some MLB since spring training is starting back up. But for Mike, for Micah, and LQ, we'll see you guys back next week. Peace Yo, out. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Mike and Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. You can follow me at DSOMike74. You can follow Micah at the Micah, and you can follow LQ at LQ300 underscore. You can also follow our Twitter page at LE underscore underscore sports. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Peace.